If there's one thing I know about this song is that you, yes you, at home, you were mumbling some gibberish about this song. The only word you probably know is Tordi and everything else is a brrrr. Anyway, that's what happens, right? When beautiful music transcends language barriers and we find expression in it, even though we might not understand or be able to speak the language. The beautiful, the irrepressive, whose voice will remain with us forever and ever. The one and only Oliver Tuku. Tukudzi with the beautiful song Tordi. Our story this evening, The Global Watch, The Spirit of Kanju Leaders Transforming Africa. As part of a research study that investigates how university education impacts people's lives on the continent of Africa, a group of 19 graduates, all alumni of the MasterCard Foundation Scholarship Program, worked with a filmmaker to document the contributions of people they believed exemplified leadership Africa needs. In the process, their own contributions as young leaders rather became evident. In the spirit of Kanju, leaders transforming Africa, we are introduced to some of these graduates, as well as the leaders they interviewed using mobile phones, armed with equipment such as microphones, ring lights, and some filmmaking knowledge supplied by veteran filmmaker Eugene Paramur. They showcase leadership practices across the African continent. Ghana to Uganda, South Africa to Ethiopia, Kenya and Rwanda, with each context offering new insight into the many leadership, into the many practices rather of leadership. Our guest this evening is Dr. Alude Mahali, Chief Research Specialist in the Inclusive Economic Development Research Division of the HSRC Human Sciences Research Council. Alude, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to SAFM. Good evening, Songezo. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I, I love every, any opportunity to talk about the spirit of Kanju. Well, go right into it. The spirit of Kanju, leaders transforming Africa. Spoilers. Give us the spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers, but perhaps let me start a little bit with the, with the sort of backstory, which you already started to touch on in your introduction. But basically, the HSRC... Um, has been in partnership with the MasterCard Foundation now. Uh, this is the fourth year of our study. It's called the Imprint of Education. And it's a longitudinal cohort study where we follow graduates who are beneficiaries of the MasterCard Foundation Scholars Program for five years, finding out you know, what they're doing with their lives, um, and how they're making changes in their communities and their countries. The MasterCard Foundation um, has spent over a billion dollars um, on education in Africa, both secondary and tertiary education. And they do that with the view um, and with the not, not knowledge not only that education is a game changer, but uh, providing a holistic education, so not just the material resources that young people need to you know, succeed in school, but also um, the other outputs, you know, leadership outputs, um, uh, grooming um, young leaders who are going to transform this, continent, um, and also young people who are already committed to service and to giving back. Um, and so what's been really exciting about this process was to involve 19 of these beneficiaries directly in the filmmaking process, arming and equipping them with um, high-end cell phones, with microphones, with ring lights, sending them into their respective communities to talk to people that they uh, deem to be leaders from uh, political activists to artists to even a high school prefect in one instance. We hear these really nuanced, amazing stories of people making change in, in their communities across the continent. And 
we see we hear voices from uh, Kenya, from Uganda, from Rwanda, from Ethiopia, from Ghana, and South Africa. Let's talk to the profile of the 19 graduates, perhaps where they were schooled and educated and how they became part of this project. Let me call it that the spirit of country leaders transforming Africa so as for them to then further on engage the people they feel are inspirational African leaders. So, you know, these are, again, uh, beneficiaries of the Mastercard Foundation Scholars Program. Um, and so they studied at different universities up, across the continent and and uh, the world. So some of the institutions are, you know, uh, Makerere University, which is one of our premier universities in Uganda on the continent. Of course, we have some University of Cape Town graduates. We have some graduates from the American University of Beirut in Lebanon, um, uh, etc. And um, they, uh, you know, we thought about this question of leadership had been coming up quite a lot in this, in, in, through the study process, not only as a kind of, I guess, foundational principle that the MasterCard Foundation um, um, pushes uh, in their programming, but also just thinking around leadership on the continent and how even the literature is quite thin on it. You know, most of the literature and the knowledge production that we read um, is Global North literature. Mm. So um, this emerged uh, to fill that gap. But also we were starting to think about, you know, leadership itself. I think so often, uh, and even the, the alumni themselves, the young people themselves in the film um, talk about this, that, um, you know, you, they think you have to be in charge. You have to be a person of power, of stature to affect change or to be a leader. And I think what they've learned through this process and what this film tells us is you just have to start. Um, and work together and um, you know uh, leadership is can be as um, is not necessarily you know a big high high profile position so that was kind of the starting point and the inspiration so we have a range of young people uh, most in their mid to late 20s who do everything from working in agriculture and, and having these amazing agricultural interventions um, to young people who are involved in um, in, uh, in empowerment programs for young women, um, and so we have yeah we have a range of, of young people. I want to talk more about the the leaders I guess that they interviewed. Absolutely, because that would have been my next question in terms of the fabric of leadership is a very wide and sort of broad and very mm. colorful pa- fabric for the various reasons historically and even culturally in an African context. And of course, people would be inspired by different um, expressions of leadership, if I may call it that. So Mm -hmm. take us through the profile of the persons who were interviewed, who are these leaders? Sure. Well, there's some really exciting people that we hear from. A total of 47 leaders were interviewed. so, for example, Prof. Tawana Cooper, uh, Coupe, I beg your pardon, who's the Vice Chancellor of University of Pretoria, was one of our interviewees. Um, a young gentleman called Frankulo Odiambo uh, uh, in Nairobi, who's the founder of Cheza Cheza, which is an organization that uses dance and play to create a safe space and enable youth in Nairobi slums to learn life skills. We have Sabella Kadir, who's a fashion designer and model in Ethiopia who lives with severe physical disability, um, and yet we see that doesn't hinder her ambition. Uh, David Boanu from uh, Ghana, uh, he's a documentarian. He does travel films that show off Ghana and Africa through beautiful stories, a company he co-founded. Um, 
one of my favorite stories in the documentary is from this young phenom, Emmanuel Niringi Yimana, who's a 25-year-old man who physically, armed only with a spade, dug a seven-kilometer road single-handedly that connects two, village in, two villages um, in rural Rwanda um, to help his community uh, access medical care quicker because they found that um, uh, it was a struggle for people. He found that people it was a struggle for people in his community to reach the local uh, clinics because of the the rough wow. terrain. Wow. Yeah, and and so spend so some time talking about that because I mean that level of commitment, that level of love, and that thinking beyond self and being selfless mm. in that. Mm. I mean, a spade, seven kilometers, goodness gracious, I don't mm. think for my entire mm. life anything I've ever done with a spade amounts to 700 meters, never mind seven kilometers. Tell mm. us more about this young leader. And I think what's most inspiring about him is I don't think he realizes uh, how admirable or how you know uh, amazing what he has done is. He simply saw a problem, he identified a problem, and he worked to solve it. And I think that is at the, the core message of our film is um, it's about starting. It's about action. It's about collaboration. Uh, it's about innovation. And Emmanuel really exemplifies that. I, I think he, 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 he did what he did out of obligation, uh, out of being the greater good for his community. And really that's the message of transformative leadership. It's acting ethically to change the lives of people in your community and he really embodies he really embodies that let's talk about the spirit of kanjuna in terms mm. of really the message of leadership and the profile of those leaders and the various spaces in their leadership journeys they have come to occupy specifically i mean the not specifically for example the journey of emmanuel i would imagine this story as i've just heard and how it resonates purely because of just the sheer expression of leadership, and I repeat that, how do we ensure that now this is distributed and disseminated so that it can really be received by the respective African communities, not only mm. where these leaders come from, mm. but also for inspiration's sake, that Africa does have the young people, Africa does have the young people who could lead, who can mm. offer solutions to Africa's problems, mm. so mm. as to change the ideas of what we might have come to appreciate as leadership on the continent, but also to tell proper narratives of Africa beyond our continent's borders. And that's so important, right? I mean, you raised some really key points there is when we hear about our continent, we hear about it from, you know, global institutions like the UN or philanthropists or macroeconomists economists who are focusing, you know, on mm. our formal institutions, our formal structure, you know, they want to know what are our maternal health outcomes, how many houses has government built, and those things are all very important, right, the, the quantifiable things, but equally important are all these informal arrangements that we see going on on the ground um, at grassroots level, the things that people are doing every day in their communities without uh, a thank you to to make them better and that is kanju so the word kanju literally is a yoruba word which literally means to rush or to make haste and in english we might say it's to hustle it's to strive it's to know how it's to make do you know it's about asking what do i have what do i need what can i do who can i do it with and so when you think of an emmanuel who's 
probably sitting at home, probably not employed, but a young person who knows he has, a young man who knows he has strength, he has fortitude, he has energy. So what can he do to improve a, per, a problem that he's identified? And that's kanju. It's generative. It's about how do we move forward. We can tell all these miserable sob stories about our continent. We can you know, wax, talk about uh, ad nauseum about um, mm. the crisis of leadership, but what are we actually doing? Uh, how are we working with what we have? How are we about action to move ourselves forward? And we do this on an, we do this, it's about doing this on an individual level, um, uh, at a community level, but then eventually moving to a place where we are starting to address the problems themselves and this means that we actually start have to start looking at tackling things at an institutional and systemic level because that's where the real change um, needs to happen and that change should come through and largely for young people the mean mm -hmm. age on the continent is anything between 18 and a half and 19 and a half years of mm -hmm. age and we mm -hmm. are talking about 1.2 1.3 billion people so the reality is, if any policy directives are to be implemented or even policy discussions to be had, not mm. only should those policy directives and institutional reforms contemplate young people, but it is young people who should be in that room. Not only is it effectively their continent, but it is their future mm. that is being talked about. I mean, when you're talking about a, a continent of 1.2 billion people, the majority mm. of whom are under the age, of 20 or the mean age is 20. We are talking about a serious deficit if you look at the edifice of institutions largely mm. occupied by people who are in normal terms of retirement age or even above. Just look at the leadership contest in this country to get mm. a sense of things and the reality of what they are actually dealing with. What do you and make I, of I, that statement or point? Well, you've made quite a few, so I'll touch on, on, on a couple of them. Uh, so the one is around, you know, centering young people themselves, which you've touched on. And that's, that was key for us in this experience, which is why these 19 young people are the, the stories told through their lens, through their eyes. Um, you know, we took the footage that they filmed of these people all over the continent and we put it together to form this cohesive film. So essentially it's their film, it's their voice. And so when you asked about, you know, what we do to disseminate this, it's exactly that. How do we, incorpor how do we incorporate young people themselves in the distribution of this film? And how do we encourage them to dialogue about the themes in this film? Mm. Um, and that's kind of our next phase, right? Is how do we disseminate this publicly? How do we engage young people themselves in some of the difficult um, conversations around this? Because one of the things that also emerged um, for our, our young filmmakers was that leadership is, is not easy. It's really not easy, and um, um, uh, there are practices of care that need to be exercised by leaders themselves. It's not easy to stand up uh, and speak out and try and change systems, and particularly on our continent, you face a lot of backlash and barriers, and sometimes even the risk or threat of violence and imprisonment for 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 trying to be a change maker. So um, that is something that's not to be ignored uh, as well. But nevertheless, it doesn't stop our leaders in, our, in, our, in the stories that we tell here from trying. Let's talk about the impact of the partnership with MasterCard Foundation, HSRC, and the fact that it's one of the leading research institutions, not just in the country, on the continent, and the value of these types yes. of projects in just not necessarily keeping research formal, but I mean, there are many facets associated with research and many avenues 
of entry to unearth talent, to unearth information, to tell stories outside the traditional spaces of universities. Mm. And that's really why research is so important as well, and our study in particular, because there hasn't really been a uh, sort of uh, panel study of this nature that follows young people longitudinally for extended period to Mm. see what their outcomes are. And so what MasterCard has enabled us to do is really important as a contribution to not only our country, but our continent in terms of what does education really mean and what does it really do to transform people's lives, particularly people who are socioeconomically disadvantaged and probably would have had little to no chance of accessing the kind of education that MasterCard has been able to grant um, by 2023 at least 30,000 young people on this continent. And so, you know, what we also see, you know, in this study and in this research are just, you know, young people carving a space for themselves on this continent and doing tremendous things with very little. First in their families, which is always, you know, Mm. Uh, the most important place to start, then in their communities, and even some that are starting to make changes in in some of the institutions that they occupy. And so what we're seeing is actually it makes a difference, not only to be supported in this way financially Mm. to succeed, but also to have kind of your lens opened up to what it means to actually serve, what it means to to Mm. be a transformative a person, a change agent, all these inputs, these workshops, these trainings really have impacted these young people. And we see that in the way that they move around the world. And when, and when you compare them with others that maybe have not been given that opportunity, you certainly do see um, a difference. And of course, that comes with its pressures as well. These are young mm, people, mm. you know, who, who essentially also want to live their lives, you know, and get sure. on with it and no, succeed. Um, but who are constantly haunted, and, and they say repeatedly, a few of them, that, you know, um, um, giving is who we are. It's an African thing. And so that's why one of the themes in the, in the film is um, this return to Ubuntu, return to a lo- at love, is also um, what it means to be a, 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 an impactful um, leader. Um, but, but, but despite all of that, despite being young we, people trying to carve their space in the world, we see them doing uh, whatever they can, um, whenever they can, to um, contribute. And mm. it's really inspiring and makes us feel, you know, um, you know that it's a possibility for, and we're capable. It's a possibility for us to also do the same in, in, in our various contexts. Let me digress a bit, only to come back later, because I'm just going to abuse the fact that I see your title is Chief Research Specialist in the Inclusive Economic Development Research Division at the HSRC. And earlier on, you made mention of something to the effect that a large part of Africa's activities are not necessarily formalized as they typically might in the global north. That's not necessarily a good or bad thing. It's just a question of how how much impact that makes. And and mm. the fact that a lot of Africa's movements, if you like, I don't know the appropriate term quite just yet, is in the informal sector. That has come to characterize how we do things. How do we ensure, from an inclusive economic development perspective, the unformal or the informal sector perhaps, from an economics perspective, if you will start there, is front so and center I, I must, of the agenda. I, I hope I'm asking a relevant question that you can actually address. 
I well, I mean, I must. The caveat is, I'm in the inclusive economic development program, but I'm not actually an economist. Um, but uh, to answer your question, I think, as you as you've mentioned, the informal aspect is not the issue. I mean, that's kind of historically the way uh, you know we've set things up on yeah. this continent is yes. <laughs> informally using horizontal relationships and sort of not documenting things. But now it becomes an issue in this country whether we're addressing, you know, a multi the multilingual like you know language policy in this country or any kind of policy. The issue becomes the evidence. Um and so that's our role is uh we, we know about the formal arrangements, like I've mentioned, the formal mm. structures, mm. the things that we can quantify. We do not know what we do not know. So the things yes. we do not know about, we need to tell stories about, we need to document, we need to write about, we need to research. And that's how we gain validation and legitimacy. So taking that language example, because that is one of my areas, which mm. is, a, is why I can reflect on it. Um, there, you know, multilingualism was one of the goals of our government since, the advent of democracy, but in reality, that hasn't been the case in our higher education institutions in terms of incorporating our indigenous languages into, you know, our acad- mainstream academia. Um, but that doesn't mean there aren't people that are doing it informally in various university spaces. And so mm-hmm. the same, the same with, you know, what transformative leadership is. It doesn't mean that people aren't in their respective spaces doing this kind of work. What we need is the documentation, the research, telling these stories um, and sharing them widely to be able to think through these things, to reflect on them, to find out what are best practices, to find out how can we replicate these things in other uh, places. So for me, really, the, 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 the gap is in is in understanding, is in sharing the knowledge, is in trying to establish best practice and replicate some of these informal arrangements which characterize who we are as Africans um, in, a, in order for them to become established formal ways of, of being and doing. That's kind of a roundabout way of answering. <laughs> no, I'm with you because I'm, you, you actually come very nicely. So to use the spirit of Kanju Leaders Transforming Africa, for instance, this film, how then will it be distributed? How will we see it? When will we see it? Because it okay. largely does speak to bringing to the front and to the center these informal spaces because the way this movie or this film itself was made speaks to the f- informal spaces. I mean, from cameras to the filmmakers themselves mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. stories they are telling. You wouldn't ordinarily find them in the mainstream, but they can mm-hmm. be made part of the mainstream whilst keeping the character and characteristics of the informal space. Mm-hmm. Yes, so uh, the film can be found on HSRC website's landing page. So that's www.hsrc.ac.za. Uh, as soon as you click on that, you'll see on the landing page uh, a little uh, insert on the film and uh, a, a, li- uh, a link to click. Um, alternatively, you can go to our Instagram pages on HSRC, uh, uh, Twitter page, HSRC or Facebook page, and find it there. Or you can just go straight to YouTube and in the search bar type in Spirit of Kanju. I think this film needs to be seen by young people. It needs Mm -hmm. to be seen by people working for youth NGOs. It needs to be seen by policymakers who work around designing youth policy and other youth agencies. It needs to be seen by higher education institutions. And they need to dialogue around it because now the issue isn't that 
you know, people are doing things in, in, in their respective communities. The issue is how do we go from the individual mm. and from the community and how do we scale these kinds of interventions and activities and actions and practices that we see such that we are at a level where we're able to transform um, our institutions and our systems, address really the problems at, at the core. And so um, we have a discussion guide that actually works with the film. And so it provides some questions uh, that guide, that can facilitate and guide a discussion after, you know, a group has seen the film. And so it would be great to do a roadshow to these respective institutions to be able to start this conversation, start this conversation, but also acknowledge the real tremendous um, differences that people uh, are making, often with very little um, thank you, and who aren't celebrated and who aren't touted on national or global stages. Well, certainly. Well done. I was just thank you for creating this platform and more especially for making the movie. Ava- I understand it's available for anybody who's got access to Internet, right? Absolutely. Like an, that's the only Absolutely. cost. Very well. Well done, guys, and keep it up, Dr. Thank you Mahali. so much, Songezo. I really appreciate you uh, 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 enabling me to talk about this, but also, yeah, just the engagement on some of the themes. I think it's a great start, and hopefully, yeah, we can, we can have more of these engagements. Certainly, and bring some of your colleagues on. I mean, the HSRC is an important social partner in developing this democracy and particularly advancing knowledge, African-based knowledge and research. So we certainly have time for the HRSRC. Absolutely. Thank you. Good night. Have yourself a wonderful evening. Thank you so much. That was Global Watch, focusing on the spirit of Kanju leaders transforming Africa, young people telling African stories, African languages, the African way and many to be inspired by, at least among many, the story of Emmanuel connecting his village to where apparent, or if I understood or remember correctly, where another village had access to medicines and just literally took a spade and dug a road for seven kilometers. Talk about being selfless. 21.38 is the time. Another story after this.